it's like trying to be intimate with someone and then having somebody standing there in the room watching you have sex and yelling insults at you. That's what it feels like. And I can't get turned on when I'm grossed out by myself. I am a certified love advisor. That's my official title. I gave myself that title last week when I was giving free love advice in the subway system in Montreal. And this woman came up to me and she goes, are you a therapist? And that is a incredibly common question. When, whenever I have my free love advice signed, people demand to know my credentials. They want to know if I'm a therapist, if I'm a psychologist, if I'm a psychiatrist. For some reason, people just really want to know that I have some sort of credibility, that I'm not just some guy with a free love advice sign. But I'm not sure these people have ever done therapy because therapy is not advice giving and it's certainly not free. Last week, I said that this episode was going to be sort of uh, about the origin story of the love drive, and I lied. Upon further investigation, the content that I wanted to share with you wasn't up to the standards that I have now, because uh, the reality is that I started giving free love advice in the back of a taxi. Well, actually, I was in the front, but the people I was giving advice to were in the back, Back in 2014, I was driving a taxi in San Francisco because I was broke. And driving a taxi is fun until it's really not. So a friend said, why don't you put cameras and microphones in the taxi and, and record your conversations? And that's what I did. And that's where the love drive started. Because basically people would hop in the back of the cab and I would say, hey, welcome to the love drive. And I would hand them a stack of cards with questions. And so I would record these conversations and then upload the videos to YouTube. The problem is that the audio isn't great because recording in a car is really challenging. And so as a Virgo and a perfectionist, I couldn't put the content on this podcast, this episode of the podcast, because... I'm just not happy with the sound quality. And it's actually really distracting to hear like car noise while you're listening to a podcast, probably already in your car. So you're not getting the full story of the love drive, but let it be known that this is how the love drive began, was me giving advice and talking about sex, love, and dating to people in the back of my taxi in San Francisco, California. If you want to see those videos, they're all on my website. They're at thelovedrive.com forward slash taxi. And there's probably about 20 or 30 of those videos. But that's where my official vocation as a certified love advisor began. It began in the back of a taxi. But there is so much more to this story, like the fact that I'm a California state certified rape crisis counselor, that I hold a bachelor's degree in communication because I'm obsessed with language and how the words we use shape the way we live. And uh, more recently, I'm enrolled in a coaching program so that I can be more helpful as a sexuality, intimacy, and communications coach. So 
Now you know my credentials, and that is what makes me a certified love advisor. Okay, things are changing a little bit here at The Love Drive. So I love hearing from you, and I have a variety of ways in which we can connect. So if you just want to leave me a voicemail with a question that I can answer on a future episode of The Love Drive podcast, then go ahead. I have a voicemail number now. It is 626-539-4993. That's a Google Voice. It's 626-539-4993. Leave me a question. I will answer them on the podcast in future episodes. So that's one way that you can connect with me. You can also, if you want to have a free love advice conversation that will be recorded and perhaps aired on the podcast, you can always go to thelovedrive.com forward slash free love advice, fill out the intake form, get on my calendar and we'll chat. There is a limited amount of these free love advice slots uh, every month. Last but not least, if you want to work with me in a professional and confidential capacity, please go to thelovedrive.com forward slash work, where you can find out the difference between consulting and coaching, what the rates are, and how I can best help you. I'm available. I want to help thelovedrive.com forward slash work. Okay, enough about that. Today's episode, more free love advice. A conversation with a woman who wants to know if the relationship that she's been in for the last 10 years is the right relationship for her. And she also gets incredibly vulnerable and honest about not loving her body. And we talk about the negative self-talk that we can sometimes get into. We talk about ways of accepting the fact that your body is not the way you want your body to be. And we talk about how to find out if you're in the wrong relationship and how to stick around in a relationship that isn't perfect, which, fuck, show me a perfect relationship. My name is Sean Galanos, and this is The Love Drive. Yeah, what do you want? I want someone who's to be with someone who's like super present and like willing to own their own shit. That's not <laughs> terribly un, not terribly uncommon for people to want like a partner that's present, but also I mean, is that the kind of partner that you have? I don't know. And how long have you been together? Since 2009. So we've been married for five years. Got a decade together, by the way. Shit. (laughs) I mean, that's not to say that it can't work. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that in my experience, people can change, but it's usually slowly over time if they want to change. Yeah. And he's, you know, our relationship has gone through a whole lot of different phases. Um, And we've dealt with like pot addiction for him specifically. And, um, probably some for me too. I know that that does not help. (laughs) Um, I used to smoke a lot of pot and I think it it is, it is so much better than alcohol at really like numbing feelings and emotions and desires. It is, I mean, it's instant, you know, whereas alcohol, you got to wait a couple, whatever, 15, 20 minutes for the drinks to affect weed. It's like, it's over. I don't, I, I forget what I was angry about, but it doesn't do anything. It sort of just stalls the progress. Right. 
Yeah. And that's, so we, he ended up stopping smoking pot and we both did. Cause I was like, I could take it or leave it at the time. I was like, well, if it's triggering for him to have it in the house, like, fine, I'm good. Let's, let's take it out altogether. And I think we function a lot better without the weed, which is not a surprise, but it's definitely like been something over time that we've worked with a lot where it's like, you know, and when he stops smoking, he'll start drinking beer. And when he stopped, you know, like it's, he's just trading off, you know, and I can see that from the outside, but I feel like he's not addressing that underlying commonality. Like it's just a variety of different substances, you know, to me, it's all the same. And I don't know if that's true. <laughs> does, does your husband have a substance abuse problem? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well, I mean, that's usually step one in a lot of like self-development. I mean, it's really hard to do anything when, when there's uh, an escape like that, you know, that's very powerful and, and effective, effective, really effective. Yeah. I didn't start working on myself until I stopped. And so until I stopped using mm-hmm. altogether. So, but the hard, the hard thing is that we're talking about you here and we're not talking about him, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the question really is like, what can you do or what, what can you be doing differently that'll make your life better? Not so much like, what can we change with him? Because we don't, yeah. we can't affect, we can't change other people no matter how much we think we have the right answer. Or we know what they, you know, they should do. That's up to them. Right. And then it's up to me to decide if I want to be with him or if I want to change things about my own life. Yeah. You have a say in, in whether you want to stick around or not. Yeah. So things that I can do is I can stop smoking. Like that's, that's easy. I can take that off the table because I'm just more clear headed on my own, you know, with that. And then that, you know, Usually when I make changes for the positive with myself, he like kind of comes along for the ride, but I'm really more the mover and the shaker in the relationship. And he's much more the coaster. And that's like, I don't expect that to change because that hasn't changed. You married a coaster. Yeah. (laughs) But that, like you said, you, you actually have a you have strategies on how, Change can happen if you make the change, be the change, be the change that you want to see. That can actually have a powerful effect. But there's also a point where it's like, okay, you've you've done a lot of the work and then you need to realize whether this is working for you or not. Yeah. And that's something that I've struggled with over the years. Like, is this the right fit? And yeah, I don't know. That's a rough call. You're talking to a grass is greener guy, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't, I don't know what people should do about their relationships. You know, I just know that, that like, I need to check in with myself about, is this, you know, does this, does this match my values? Does this person fulfill me in certain ways that are important to me? No one's ever going to be everything, you know? Yeah. Right. So you get to decide whether this, this is working. Yeah. And not smoking pot will give you some clarity. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then I have to feel my feelings. Yeah, <laughs> shit, that's hard. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so if I don't like them. <laughs> I just can't stop reading shit, you know? And uh, I'm a classic distractor with social media, with technology, with projects. 
instead of just sitting and meditating on feelings and why am I feeling this particular way and why is it affecting me? What does that mean? And what part of that is the ego and, and all that stuff? I'll just go and do a little project, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning yeah. to just sit, sit with stuff and know that those feelings will pass eventually and that I am not those feelings. Um, but, you know, also the importance of why, of figuring out why I feel that way. Mm-hmm. And not just... Uh, I have a bird's eye view on it. I was talking to my therapist about bird's eye view. I go, oh, it's okay. I'll just have a bird's eye view and I can see myself feeling the feeling. And she was like, that's great. Good job. And why are you feeling that in the first place? Like what happened to trigger that, that set of feelings? Like let's go look at the root of that, that thing to see where there's like maybe an area of development. Yeah, I feel like I've dived really deep into like therapy over the years and books and podcasts and you know all of that (laughs) so sometimes I'm just like I'm sick of it I'm just gonna smoke a joint and then I pay for it you know because I'm just shutting off or I delay it's basically just a pause button it doesn't change anything and then I vacillate between like yep, he's definitely not the right guy for me. And then on the other end of that spectrum, there's like really good connection. And I feel like we've made a ton of progress and our communication and how I feel supported from him. And, and it's just like, it kind of goes back and forth in waves. And I'm like, is that just a wave that, pattern that I want to keep following? Or is it something that I really have to like make some big changes around? And then of course, like we're married and that adds like we own a house together and there's all the logistics to me that get like so big, so fast in my mind. And like, I can't make my decisions on that. Like logistics are logistics. I need to just kind of shut that end out. I mean, it's worth considering, but it's also, we're talking about a life here Yeah. and you're young. So I mean, we're the same age, so take it easy. (laughs) (laughs) i do have some gray hairs (laughs) good great yeah Uh, it sounds like you don't have a lot of clarity in this department yeah and it's disorienting to feel like sometimes i'm like yeah this is great now i feel clear we're good and sometimes like oh shit and then i maybe just weigh the percentages like are we going 60, 40 here? Like, I love to feel good about it. Like 90. Is that even possible with another human being? <sighs> I don't know. Am I, I bringing you down? I, no, I, I just, <laughs> this is, these are like such huge questions. I know. What the fuck do I know? I don't know. <laughs> it's, I got another book recommendation is the problem. Okay, and it, great. I'll write it down. Susan Piver's uh, Four Noble Truths of Love. Great insight on actually long-term marriage and satisfaction with your partner and the fact that, I mean, essentially everything changes all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is one of, that is one of the, the pillars of Buddhism is that uh, it's all impermanent. Mm-hmm. And we grasp to make things permanent. And they're not. Everything changes. Your relationship to your partner changes all the time. Mm-hmm. What you want changes. What your desires, your fears, all of it changes. And then they change on top of it. So even the relationship is like nothing that you can really grasp. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of great suggestions on how to deal with it. Actually, all of it is meditation. Mainly, it just goes comes down to meditation. 
mm-hmm. and to be in the present. Sort of like uh, Dr. Jordana Jacobs was saying a couple weeks ago on the podcast is just that like all we have is this moment right here, right now. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool podcast. I love your podcast, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it snowed like two weekends ago, and I like binge listened to all the back episodes that I hadn't heard. <laughs> oh, good. So I spent the whole day with you. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah, I think the podcast has gotten a little bit better since the beginning. It's cool to see it develop and change. It's neat. I'm glad that you guys are growing with me. <laughs> I feel like I'm growing up and like people are watching me do this. Uh huh. That's vulnerable. That's a great experience. It's also very strange because people know a lot about me and I know very little about people. Yes, I imagine that's weird. <laughs> yeah, but you get to meet people doing this, so that's cool. It is cool. I really like it. I mean, it, it really, it means a lot to me. It's something that I want to do. So it's just hard sometimes. I feel like I'm working alone because I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I see a small community building up, like growing around me, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll check that out. Four Noble Truths of Love. That sounds good. We're going to make this mid-roll quick and easy. So Susan Piver, The Four Noble Truths of Love. I love this book. I've read it twice. I am working on getting Susan Piver on the show. That's my commitment to you. So if you have a question for The Love Drive, you could leave me a voicemail, 626-539-4993. There's a good chance that I will answer that question on the podcast. If you want a free love advice conversation very much like this one that we're listening to right now, thelovedrive.com forward slash free love advice. And if you want confidential fee love advice, not to be confused with free love advice, go to thelovedrive.com forward slash work. Okay, so many links. And I know that's a faux pas, but I want to connect with you. And I want to give you the opportunity to connect with me in a myriad of ways. Last but not least, Instagram at the love drive. Uh, I do weekly stories, sometimes daily stories. Okay. We are, we're switching gears from, am I in the right relationship to how do I love my unlovable body, which I can relate to. And there's a good chance you can relate to as well. How do we love our bodies and how do we stop talking so negatively about ourselves? Why, how come I can be so gentle with other people, but so mean to myself and at the same time, fucking love myself? What the fuck is that? My name is Sean Galanos. This is the Love Drive Free Love Advice. You want to talk about your body? Yeah. I kind of want to talk about your body. <laughs> All right, let's talk about my body. (laughs) I'm a Pilates teacher and I'm an imposter. So there's that. Oh, welcome to the club. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) We're we're all imposters. Even my friend's a doctor, medical doctor, degrees, imposter. Yeah. Oh, shit. Fuck. She's been practicing for eight years. 
oh no, (laughs) so it's not going to go away. Is what you're telling me. You you accept it. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted like the hyper focus. Like I I get triggered occasionally and really like go down in a spiral with it, and it's just a huge one to unpack. And I would love to like meet with a therapist regularly to deal with that. And I think I could make some headway on it. Like last weekend, I just totally crashed. And having sex sometimes triggers it. So that's fun. And we end up in like, you know, my husband's like trying to support me and he's not inside my head. And I just like, I I just shut down. It's bad, bad news. It's like trying to be intimate with someone and then having somebody standing there in the room watching you have sex and yelling insults at you. That's what it feels like. And I can't get turned on when I'm grossed out by myself. Yeah. Sounds like uh, you're not talking to yourself very nicely. No. There's some snarly self-talk for sure. Yeah. I think that's also very common. Yeah. But I'm hearing a lot of softness and a lot of warmth and a lot of pain in your voice when you talk about your body. Yeah, there's a lot stored there for sure. And I like, I teach people how to move, right? Like I teach them how to have great relationships with their body that's more based on like functionality and health and like, yay, that's all lovely. And then I'm here completely not living that talk. I mean, I'm dealing with it, (laughs) but yeah. There's a reason you're doing the work that you're doing. So I can try to follow my own advice. Sort of. It's it's also it's the reason I do the work that I'm doing, and Jordana does the work that, the work that she's doing. Like we have this passion for this thing, but that we also sometimes aren't that great at doing ourselves. You know, it was <laughs> mm-hmm. I I told somebody I guess on the podcast I was talking about like the the cobbler with the shitty shoes. Oh yeah. And and my friend was like, yeah, that's not an expression in English, but in French it's le cordonnier mal chaussé, which is basically the the, yeah. the cobbler has like bad shoes. Yeah. I, I forget. What's the expression? Is there one in English that's... I don't know if there's like an expression, but it's it's a known thing, right? Like the psychologist has kids that are fucked up in the head or like... He's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the kids. Yeah. The kids are definitely fucked up. They're just at the mercy of... Yeah. So there's a reason why we do the work we do, because we want more clarity on something. We're drawn towards it. And so you're drawn to Pilates because you have some stuff deep down inside about your body. And so you, the way you are sort of working through that is helping other people work through it. Mm-hmm. And you probably have a really great, phenomenal capacity to support people through that, through that transformation and through that work. Yeah. I give a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then I end up at the end of the day, like, I'm really an introvert and I don't, like, I can't handle the stimulation. Yeah, just the amount of input from other people is so intense. And then for me to be able to have energy to work on it myself, I'm like, by that point, I'm like, I can't even handle any more stimulation or thought about that topic. And I just need to, like, go out and hike or do something that's just, like, be outside, which is lovely in the summer. And now it's getting to be winter. (laughs) And I have to like make myself exercise now, which is torture. And I teach exercise. How silly is that? 
I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm. This is a totally a curiosity question. What don't you like about your body? Oh, uh, my belly. That'll be top. Number one, belly. Number one, belly. Okay. Belly's out. Um, Get rid of the belly. It's out. That's never going to happen. I've been trying for years. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, yeah, I don't have a good, what I hate about it is that I don't have an actual reality view on my body. Like I can wear the exact same outfit. It fits exactly the same two different days and I can be destroyed one day about it and feel fabulous another day. So I don't have any reality check around that. And that freaks me out because then I have this fear that's like, oh, I won't actually know when I become morbidly obese. Uh, you can look at the scale. I Yeah, I can't have a scale. I mean, like that could be a way to find out just with a number without... I had a therapist who was like, weigh yourself once a month on the same day of your cycle every month, right? Because it changes daily a lot more than it changes over time. When you feel the heaviest, weigh yourself. <laughs> Fire the therapist. Oh, uh, Yeah. It's just torture to step on that scale. I can't handle it. So that's terrifying. And then I had another therapist tell me to like use a like a string or a bathrobe tie and wrap it around my waist and then just look at the circumference of the thing on the floor. So I'm like, oh, I'm that big around. I'm not like enormous. So those were their attempts at the reality check. But these were real therapists? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find a better therapist. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what makes a great therapist, but those two suggestions are not great. Okay, what's a good suggestion? I don't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you probably have some level of body dysmorphia, which I have as well. What yeah. we think we look like is actually not what we actually look like. Mm -hmm. Also, there's this thing that I figured out. When you look at yourself from the top down, which is that's how we look at our belly, so much yeah. bigger. Oh, then from the front? Then from the front. Yeah. I mean, of course you look in a mirror. I know that because I do. Mm -hmm. But looking at ourselves from the top down is not, it's not an accurate reflection of how we actually look. It's like the worst angle. Yeah. Actually, from the bottom up is even worse, but. <laughs> yeah, we're not going there. <laughs> okay, so you got the belly. What else you got? Well, just like the whole fat issue is just body wide. So that's hard. Mm. But, and I think that's then just the dysmorphia. Body wide fat. Fat all over the body. Fat all over the body is apparently what fat does. It just, just puts yeah. itself wherever the fat And I just wants. did a dissection course in August. I got to dissect a whole cadaver for a whole week, unembalmed. I know it was amazing. Wow. Right up my alley. Yeah. But I learned that that layer, which is called superficial fascia, is a continual layer all the way across your body. And you can literally, can I be gory here? Is this? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. It's an explicit show. <laughs> Freak you out. We, so day one, we removed the entire skin of the cadaver. And what you're left with under the skin is this like fluffy bubble wrap type material that's like connective tissue that holds all the fat layers and stuff in it. And you can take that entire layer off as a suit. Like the so my myofascial? Yeah, but not what we normally think of as fascia, which is like strappy, tougher, plasticky connective tissue that's underneath the bubble wrap. Wow. 
So there's this additional layer that we all wish we didn't have in our culture, I guess, or we want it in some places and not in other places on our bodies or whatever, but it's all the same layer. So you don't get a choice. Like that thing wraps your whole body and you can't just like pick and choose unless you're getting liposuction, but that's not really up my alley. That's not up your alley. What is up your alley? Regular exercise. And I'm trying to get back into that. So that's, that's helping. Like that just helps me mentally. I don't have any idea if it helps my body because clearly I can't tell. But Well, it probably does. Mm-hmm. It probably does. It makes me healthier. It makes me feel more functional. And then I'm less fixated. Yeah. Which is great. Plus, it also sounds like you have a co- coaster of a husband that supports you in that department. He does. He's super supportive about that. He gets to the point where he feels really helpless, which is what I'm hoping Charlie can like help us then navigate. Oh, his helplessness becoming sort of like not helpful. Right. Like checking out. Yeah. Right. Because that's his MO when he gets like triggered or whatever is just like blank out. Mm. And then I'm laying there like, fuck, I'm super triggered. I hate myself. And he's out. So we're getting better at like when I get triggered, actually talking about it. And that's helping a lot, but still at the root of it, it's like, I got to one day maybe get over it right now. I'm at least I'm sick of it. And I have like, I feel kind of sarcastic about it. Maybe that's progress. Wait, which part? Me obsessing over my fat belly. It gets kind of annoying after a while. It's really old. Yeah. I've had that same conversation forever. It is so old. And it's so not interesting. No. I feel like I could get like two PhDs with the amount of energy I've spent on this bullshit. Yeah. Do you have a like do you have a thing that you eat all the time that you probably think like you my, shouldn't? My parents have autoimmune disorders and so i'm trying i try really hard to not activate inflammatory stuff in my body so it so happens that some of those things are good for me to not eat anyway but yeah i don't really i mean chocolate would be one thing that i can't really have in the house mm, yeah i mean but i don't really have anything that i go binge on it sounds to me like a lot of it is around acceptance mm-hmm. and less around like what else you could be doing to feel better about your body. I mean, actually acceptance is a thing that you could be doing. It's actually, it's an action, you know? Which means that then I just am okay with never liking my body. I I don't know if that's what that means. (laughs) I'm kind of like going that route right now. (laughs) I think initially you're okay with not liking your body and then uh, eventually you're okay with the way your body is. And then eventually you probably just learn to love your body. Hmm. I mean, society isn't making it easy on anyone when it comes to loving our bodies because what we're what we're shown is thin is in. We're seeing it constantly on social media. I can't help myself but to compare myself with men who have like crazy six packs or even flat stomachs. Right. I can't. But like when I look at myself in the mirror, like it's pretty flat. It's it's like kind of flat. I mean, especially if I like hold it uh, in a certain way, but I'm still hyper-focused and obsessed. And so my work is around just accepting my body for what it is and, and trying to do the best I can with what I have in terms of exercise and eating well and, and cultivating this awareness of, of acceptance 
in all aspects. I think that's a major no zone for me. Like the acceptance piece is like, I just can't wrap my head around that. So that's probably where I need to go. Cause I like, I have a pretty functional, healthy lifestyle, right? Like you're saying, it's not like I can then like, yeah, if I exercise twice a week, like that's good. That's like, that keeps me running just, you know, like that's my bare minimum. Great. And if I exercise more, it's great. So like, I'm not eating super unhealthy, but the big hole in the picture is definitely that acceptance piece. What's your meditation practice like? Um, I've done transcendental meditation. And then I've been starting to do a little bit more focus like on it's irregular though. Usually I'll get inspired if it's like a full moon, then I'll have a seance with a friend and we'll go do some fun thing like that. But <laughs> yeah, which is usually me in the backyard with some candles and things like that. But so yeah, it's more like intention type meditation, but I don't have a practice around my body. Maybe you can build a little practice around your body, like a five minutes a day where your mantra is just that you accept yourself. Like I accept myself. I love myself. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that book, Four Noble Truths of Love, has in the back of it has a three different types of meditations. Uh, and they're all very, very loving and gentle and kind. And they're all very easy to start to implement. So I've, I've started to implement one as well, because I, I know for me that meditation is going to be the goal to a lot of reducing a lot of my anxieties. I have a lot of anxieties mm -hmm. and I have negative, I have a, a lot of negative self-talk around a lot of stuff, career, imposter syndrome, uh, body image, uh, inability to have relationships. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. So I am also doing all that work to just be gentler with myself and to accept me as I am right now today and as doing the best I can with what I have. And sometimes the best is like, not that great. And, yeah. that's, and that's okay. Yeah. I'll check out the meditation thing. That sounds good. Sounds like Do you have to believe the mantra. Apparently you start to believe it after a while. Okay. Cause there's things I love about myself, but it's not necessarily my physical appearance. So, yeah. It sounds like just having a lot of compassion for where you are and like forgiving yourself for talking negatively about yourself. Like that, when I, when I say be gentle, like that's what I mean. That's what I try to do to myself, you know, like forgive myself for being mean to myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I have a lot of shame around having the body issues. So it's like, not just the shame of the body issue. It's like, I shouldn't, there's should, right? That's a red flag. But like, I shouldn't have body issues if I'm a Pilates teacher or if I'm not that ugly or like, yeah, it's just that other layer of shame that then starts like eating away at the process of actually dealing with it. They call that the second arrow. Yeah, you get, you get hit by the first one. You're like, ah, it hurts. And then you, and you just like, <laughs> but I got hit. I'm an idiot. And then you just keep stabbing yourself again. You know, it's like, but it's not necessary. There was, there was already pain with the shame or there's already pain with the negative self-talk. And then it's like, okay, how can I forgive myself? How can I be kind in this moment? How can I be gentle to myself? Yeah. Oh, God, God it's so hard to be a human sometimes. Yes, indeed. I feel like I've laid this big heavy thing on you. I love it. I feel great. I I, I had like an eh, mo uh, like a eh morning. 
I was like, this morning is like, okay. You know, I went and I, I read a whole bunch of stuff. And then I went, I was like, I'm going to the gym. And instead I went home and I went back to bed <laughs> at noon. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I was looking forward to this call, you know, so I actually feel, I feel a lot better. Nice. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you have some, some work to do. I've got my list. But also, it sounds like you've been doing the work. Like, you're, you've been doing the work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of at a stage where I'm exasperated with it. I don't know that... Like I said, do the work, but I, I, wasn't, I, I didn't actually mean that because I, I feel like you have been doing the work. And it maybe doesn't sound like more work is actually the answer. Mm-hmm. Maybe less work is the answer. Less work and more acceptance. Yeah. I mean, acceptance is work. Okay. Less work, more acceptance. More acceptance, also more play. Mm-hmm. Go outside, play with your dog, play, play some more, talk to Charlie, read that book, though. Read that book. Okay. It's a good book. I really out. liked it. It was really sweet and gentle. I did write play on my list. Play should be at the top of the list, I think. Now that I... now that It's all caps. Okay, good. Underline it. It is. Okay, great. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, play. Yeah, play. We need to play more. I did an acro yoga class yesterday for the first time. Oh, that sounds cool. Have you ever done that? No. Oh, man. I haven't. Yeah, body, body issues. Yeah. Strangers Having touching your hands yeah. all over. Their feet in your like belly crotch area. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that would be fucking great for you. I also went to cuddle parties. I went to a, oh. a, I'm actually going to one on Sunday. Also great for, for that. Like just a whole bunch of people spooning each other on the floor? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, there's, I grew up in Boulder. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, but, but with, with consent, consensual cuddling. Right. Very clear communication practices. Uh-huh. Um, also could be helpful. Okay. Yeah, cool. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I think I would love to to like publish this conversation. Is that something you would be comfortable with? Sure. I hope it's useful for other people. I think so. I invite you to check back in with me. Okay. Thank you. Have a beautiful weekend. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. my little homie homies. Next week, uh, I have a special interview for you with Solomon Kruger, who is a lovely man who has been throwing cuddle events here in Montreal for three years, uh, event that I have had the pleasure of attending twice. So we will discuss cuddle parties, cuddle events. We will discuss the benefits of platonic touch. His particular party is called Cozy, and it has been really good for me because, uh, as you might have known, I I have sort of been touch-starved in these last couple years here in Montreal, and uh, going to these parties has actually really changed things for me quite a bit, and I've met some really incredibly lovely people. So we're going to talk about platonic touch, we're going to talk about uh, very clear consent boundaries, we're going to talk about how to create invitations, we're going to talk about how to say no We're going to talk about how to accept rejection, how to thank people for saying no. 
uh, you're really going to want to tune in for this one. This show, The Love Drive, is produced by me, Sean Galanos, with the help from Guilford Street Studios. Connect with me on Instagram at The Love Drive, free love advice at thelovedrive.com forward slash free love advice. Work with me. Work with me. If you want to work with me, I'd be thrilled, so thrilled to work with you. And again, from the bottom of my heart, my very, very full and uh, cuddly heart. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, The show will always be free. So if you don't want to work with me and you don't want free love advice and you just want to listen to the podcast, be my guest. This show is for you. And every listen means the world to me. It really does. Thank you. Bye.